up in the air, wave it around. You can make the devil mad. Amen. That you got a Bible. If you, it's going to be a phone. I got a phone over here. has a Bible in it. I can wave both. Okay. So it's no problem. Say this out loud with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do everything. Absolutely everything. This Bible says I can do. By His Spirit. By the Spirit of Christ. This is God speaking to me. All right, you may be seated. Thank you very much. And I want you to turn, if you would, to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew. And I'm starting a new series this weekend uh, that's called Emmanuel, God with us. And this passage, we'll read this every week, but uh, I really want to focus over the next several weeks about God being with us. And uh, this is really a message. Um, look, if, if you are discouraged, you want to be here every week. I just, I'm going to tell you flat out. If you have been discouraged, you want to be here every week, okay? And if you think there's a possibility that in the future you might be discouraged, you want to be here every week, okay? Because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this really powerful truth about God being with us and how extremely, I know, I know we're most familiar with this passage about Emmanuel, and um, we've even sung songs about this, but it is so important to know that God with, is with us, that God is with us. You know, the Apostle Paul said in uh, the epistles, he says, when I stood before the judge, no man stood with me. Nobody. Everybody was gone. Luke was gone. Everybody was gone. The church was gone. Nobody, no disciples, no, no friends, no, no, minister, no women that ministered. Nobody was there. He says, when I stood before the judge and it looked like I was all alone. He said, but yet Christ stood with me. And I, I really, I believe there is an impartation. I, and I'm just going to call it that. I believe there is a supernatural impartation that God wants his people to have in their lives, especially during this holiday season when it seems like it's during the holidays that everything kind of escalates. We get real busy. Uh, we start to have so many things that we've got to get done. And we can really get into a place where we can get real frustrated, we can get real discouraged about what we don't have, what we're not able to do, or what we have to do, and this is a great series this is a series of messages. So today, we're going to talk about part one, and that is how that God is with us in the valley. And then we're going to talk about next week, we're going to get into how that God is with us in the wilderness. And each of these have specific things that we want to draw attention to. And then we're going to look at the next week, how that God is with us in the storm. And then we're going to talk about right before Christmas, how that God is with us always. And I mean, I'm really excited about this series. And if you know anybody that's discouraged or is questioning where is God, you know, I know like this song we were singing, um, you know, and I, and I get it. Look, I, I'll be flat out honest with you. We say, you've never let me down. But I'll, I will tell you, there are times that I thought God was letting me down. Where, where are you, Lord? Why, why? I mean, it was frustrating, and it seemed like things weren't working out, and it definitely wasn't working out the way I drew it up. Can anybody say amen, or am I just preaching to myself? So I want to talk, I, I really believe this is to be a, 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 an extremely 
important series of messages for all of us. So let's look at this passage in Matthew chapter uh, 1, and uh, verse and one that you're real familiar with in verse 21, 121, and we'll just read the two verses here. And it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Everybody say that with me, God with us. All right, I want you to turn to the Old Testament in the book of Psalm, in the book of Psalms. Someone one time said, and I think there's a lot of truth to this, that the Psalms are man talking to God. It's us talking our heart out before the Lord. It's us making declarations. You know, if you read the Psalms, it looks really similar to a lot of stuff in our lives, a lot of highs and lows, right? And those highs and lows, sometimes David went through a lot of highs and lows. I I would love to say that David was consistent in his attitude all the time, but he wasn't. He was very up and down. God, where are you? Why have you left me out here? Why am I having all these problems? You said I'm supposed to be the king. Saul is trying to kill me. I don't, I don't know what's the deal. You know, Moses went through very similar situations. Solomon went through very similar. So when you and I, when we read the Psalms and we're looking at the different psalmists and what they say, we, we really see our hearts being revealed. I mean, stuff that's being said. You know, even the psalmist would say, God, kill my enemies. Now we know, you know, look, I, I know we're we're in a we're Christians, we're New Testament believers, and we don't pray that God kills our enemies, but I'm not going to say that I haven't thought it. Look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you right now. So in Psalm chapter, in Psalm chapter 84, we're going to look at a passage here that really talks about being in the valley. And what happens in the valley? And uh, if you would look at with me at verse five, and um, we're just going to look at a couple of different things here from this particular passage. But this is what it says in verse five. Uh, verse five: Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Talking about God. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Now, some of you will have an additional set of words there that say "is set on." pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And that's what this is a reference to, the pilgrimage or the journey to to the place of God. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. There's three things I want to talk to you about out of this passage. So if you want to write these down or underline them in this passage, and that the first one is, is that blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose strength is in you. I don't know how many of you know who Lisa Turquist is. Uh, she, Turkhurst, excuse me. Uh, she just uh, wrote a book. What's the name of the book, Sharon? It, it's not supposed to be like this. And her story is an incredible one. One, she is the head of a very powerful ministry called Proverbs 31 Woman. And it is, it is outstanding. I mean, her the, the books that she's written, the blogs that she does, the speaking, public speaking. I mean, she really hammers this out, uh, how, that we, how that women can be Proverbs 31 women and did, does an exceptional job at it. 
But all of a sudden in her life, her whole world fell apart. It started with that while she's running this ministry and the chief speaker, her all of us she started having internal physical problems in her gut, and they found out that her colon had separated from her stomach lining. And when it had separated, she had to have emergency surgery. They put her in ICU. She was there, I believe, for 10 days that she was in ICU. She almost died from it. While she is in ICU, while she's going through this 10-day period in ICU, she finds out by diagnosis that she has breast cancer as well. Then it comes in the open that her husband has been cheating on her and is totally wrapped up in pornography. And all of this happens within a very short period of time. So you can understand why she wrote a book called, Lord, It's Not Supposed to Be Like This. And you know, not only, and, and as you know with ministry, not only is she dealing with the pressure from within, the pain that she's dealing with, the surgeries, the, the betrayal of her husband that she's going through, the frustration of what to do next, should I stay with him, should we work it out, you know what, she has children, I think she has three children, I believe it is, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, so, and then finding out that she has breast cancer all in the same stroke here in one movement, and what do you, how in the world do you feel like God is with you when you're going through something like that? I mean, how do you come out and say, I mean, let's just be honest this morning. I mean, by all appearance, it would appear that God is not with you, that you are on your own and you're going to suffer. Or, or like some, I've heard some people say, well, I'm just, I must be cursed because I got all these problems that are happening in my life. Nothing's working out. Or God doesn't do miracles anymore. Or, you know, or just the crazy stuff that folks will say when we're going through difficult things because we're trying to somehow find some type of reasoning in the midst of it. Well, she dealt with the inward problems and, of course, her own turmoil. But then you know as well in ministry that you have all the outward problems. Look, how could your husband commit adultery? How could he be involved in pornography when you're the head of a ministry that's supposed to help women be the best wives they can be? Think of how that. She actually thought that she should probably resign from her ministry because of all of the personal issues that she was dealing with. Now we're now she's doing great today. I'm, I mean that you know, nobody writes a book and the end of the story is I died and it wasn't good. Okay, because one nobody's going to buy that book, right? I mean, the, we we buy books that say I made it through, and I came through victorious in Christ. Amen. We like those kinds of books. So I I've I've told you what she went through. She had to find strength in the midst of her difficulty. You know, this passage says the Valley of Baca here. You know, it talks about the Valley of Baca. The word in, in some of your translations of your Bible may have this. The word Baca means weeping. It's the Valley of Weeping. He's saying, look, in the midst of the Valley of Weeping, you're going to find strength. Now, you know, maybe I'm not talking to you today. Maybe this doesn't apply to anybody here but me. But I know there have been times in my life where it seemed I was so down with what was going on around me. I mean, when my daughter was uh, injured in a bike wreck, I mean, I was down. I mean, it 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 took me out. I we almost we thought we were going to lose her. We weren't sure what was going to happen. I mean, when 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 I've had my kids come to me that have gone, you know, they've gone through divorce. I mean, it's not supposed to be this way. 
you know, that they backslide and tell me they don't want to hear about God anymore. We've had that happen. You know, we've had to deal with all kinds of levels of stuff, just like you have to deal with. And in my mind, I have thought, God, where are you at? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? When my dad was battling through Parkinson's and my mom was battling through cancer the second round. And you wonder, Lord, it's not supposed to be like this. I mean, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, God. And where are you? And why is this happening? And why is this going on in my life? Can I, am I talking to anybody else here today? Now, look, I'm not trying to bring out some kind of sour note here today. I'm telling you that you can find strength because this tells you that you are blessed when is the man whose strength is in you, is in you. You know, you've probably, most of you, if you're not, if you haven't seen it, you're familiar with it, the movie Star Wars, okay? And in the movie Star Wars, the second movie uh, that was out when I was younger, a lot younger, uh, Yoda, the instructor, the mentor, says to young Luke that a Jedi finds his strength in the Force. Did you all see that movie? He finds his strength in the Force. Well, let me tell you what the real master tells us. A true Christian finds their strength in their God. A Christian doesn't find their strength in anything but their God. They don't find their... See, because we as Christians, here's, here's one of the things that we've realized because we've come to Christ. And this is a real powerful truth. We came to a point in our life at somewhere in our journey where we realized we could not change who we were or the destiny that we were headed for without Christ. I mean, we may have tried. We may have tried religion. We may have tried all kinds of other religions. We may have tried drinking. We may have tried, you know, drugs. We may have tried, you know, promiscuity. We tried all kinds of stuff. But in the end, what it came down to is at some point, we became grossly aware in our own life, I can't fix me. I can't fix me, nor can I fix my future. And I don't know where I'm heading. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, and, and so we all came, everybody here that's a Christian, at some point you came to this place, not that you were just guilty for your sins, and you felt guilty for your sins, but you came to a place of recognition that I need something greater than myself to bring change in my life. And so you had to humble yourself and say, God, I need you. Lord, help. I mean, sometimes our prayers just look, Lord, help me. Lord, I'm a sinner. I need help. Lord, I'm lost. I'm confused. Help me. You did it before, but let me tell you something. That isn't the last time you're going to do that. Because the rest of our Christian life is to be not you and I now going in some kind of deist idea that, well, now I'm saved, so now I won't have issues anymore. That wasn't what God promised us at all. But what God said is, is that, look, when the issues come now, I'm your ally, I'm your strength, and I'm going to help you get through this. You will make it. You will, Can I get a good amen? You're going to get through this cancer. You're going to get through this issue in your family. You're going to get through this marriage problem. You're going to get through this financial issue. You're going to come out on the other side of this, not because you're some superpower, but I'm a superpower, and I'm going to help you make it because I am Emmanuel. I'm God with you. I'm God with you.
I'm God with you. So whatever you're facing in your life, God wants to be your strength. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed is the man whose strength. You know, Ephesians 6.10 says it like this. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, in that very phrase, there are three definitions of strength and power. Be strong, one, in the Lord and the power, two, of his might, three. There are three, and they're all three different words. And what God is saying to you and I is, is that, look, be strong, not in yourself, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So, so now this begs the question, all right, pastor, how do I get that strength in my life? Well, one, let me tell you, you already have it. The difficulty that we deal with is perception because our perspective becomes we don't have it because of what we're looking at. See, what you look at can really confuse the issues because if you only look at what you are dealing with in your circumstances, you're going to grow weaker. You're going to grow more afraid because circumstances don't always have an accurate picture of what is going on. Because one, circumstances generally leave out the God factor. And the God factor says what his word says is, is that, look, the doctor may have said you're terminally ill, but God says, yeah, you might be terminally ill, but what I say to you is Jesus Christ himself bore your terminal illness and disease. Amen. Somebody needs to hear this today. See, because we live our lives, basing our lives off of what's going on around us, because that's the environment we live in. But look, there's something far beyond what you can see. I mean, all of us here, if I, I'm sure for most of us, if I said, there are angels in this room, we'd be like, well, sure, because we know the Bible tells us that there are angels all around us and that we have personal angels on assignment to us. And it says in Hebrews that, you know, the angels that they are sent forth as, to minister for those who are heirs of salvation, that they're working in our behalf. And so we would agree with that. But does that change anything about what you're going through right now? Does it change? Does it make it, does it make it look any different? No, it doesn't make it look any different unless you allow it to change your perception of what's going on. That may be what's happening around you, but what does God say about what's happening around you? What is God? You know, Paul, once again, going back to what he said, he said, look, whenever I was going through this difficulty, nobody was with me except the Lord. I mean, think about this guy. Here he is, if you, you know, later in part of his journey. He's traveling on a boat. They're in the middle of a storm. This ship, I mean, it's not a huge ship, but it's rocked back and forth. It's going every which direction. I mean, people are throwing up. It's horrible because of just how difficult the, the journey is. It's raining nonstop. And Paul is chained up, and he's sitting on the boat, and, you know, he's living on slave rations. And, I mean, he's going through this, this worst, the same nightmare everybody else is going through, except that he has a different perception about what's happening because he doesn't just turn to the resources that are around him. He turns to a greater resource 
he turns to God Almighty and he says, Lord, help me see this the way you see this. Help me understand what's going on here. And you know what he says? The Lord says to him, Paul, let me tell you, if you do what I tell you to do, no one will perish on this trip and every man will be saved. So you know what Paul does? He says, look, guys, the Lord spoke to me right here on this ship. In the midst of this storm. And he said, this will not bring harm to anyone. We might lose the boat, but we won't lose our lives. But you can get another boat. You can get another boat. You can't get another life. He says that we're all going to get through this, but do it the way that God told me for you to do this. Look, when, when you and I, we talk about wanting to be strong in the Lord, how do we get strong in the Lord? We get strong by remembering, by looking to, by asking for, by going before God and reminding ourselves of who God is in our lives, what He means to us in our lives, that He never has forsaken us. I mean, I've got stories, you've got stories as well. And it, they may not, you know, they may not be stories that everybody needs to know about, but just things where you are going through something in your life and God strengthened you in the midst of that. I remember one night, I was so desperate. Sharon, you know, Sharon and I, we had really, in, in um, you know, a lot of our lives is wrapped up in ministry, church stuff. And so we were going through some stuff in the ministry in Marietta when we were there. And I mean, it was hard and it, and it was really difficult. And we were, we were believing God and we were not seeing the results coming to pass. And we, we had a big thing that we needed to believe God for. And, and it just, it wasn't happening. And I was laying on, I, I couldn't sleep. I mean, it was eating me up on the inside. And because I, all I could think about was the problem. Has anybody been there? All I was thinking about was the problem. And it, you say, well, were you strong? Oh, no. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up. I was ready to go shipwreck. And I'm laying out there on the couch. And I mean, I'm telling you, I am so frustrated. And I'm like, Lord, where are you? Why haven't you moved yet? Why haven't you changed this yet? Why aren't things different? How long, oh Lord, how long, oh Lord? Has anybody prayed that way before? How long is this going to go on? How much further do we got to go? When is this all going to change? And I remember that I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, just all I heard was, well, just sing something. And I'm like, man, I don't feel like singing. You know, God will ask you to do crazy stuff because he wants to do crazy stuff in your life. But you don't get crazy stuff happening until you're willing to do some crazy stuff. If you want to do everything all polished and nice and see God move, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because God's just going to take, say, hey, I need you to do something. You do this, something. I'm just like, well, why don't you just do it and then I'll sing? He said, no. You sing. I said, well, I don't know what to sing. I can't think of anything right now. Well, he said, just worship me. Just anything. Go ahead. So I'm laying there on the couch. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm just broken. And I start singing this old song, I worship you, Lord, in the beauty of holiness. I worship you, Lord. You know, and I'm and I'm singing it. And I don't know if I know even could remember all the words today, but but I'm singing this song. And all of a sudden in the room, I felt this presence come into the room. 
I'm like, and I mean, I just started to weep uncontrollably. I mean, this was like, like something went from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I felt this, all that pressure, all that fear, all that anger, all that frustration just wash right out of me. Hallelujah. And see, with God, just a dab will do. I mean, it all went out of me, and I mean to tell you, I laid there on that couch, and I felt the freedom, the liberty from the burden of that situation we were dealing with. And you know what? It all turned. It all turned. It, it, uh, it did. So, well, we're here today, praise the Lord. So, I mean, it all turned. But see, what we have to, what we have to recognize in this for strength is, is that you already have the strength. You're just focusing on all your weaknesses too much. The strength you have is not that you're strong. The strength you have is that God is strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And there's something that happens. See, in the in you know, we really get to know God in the valleys. We really do. We really get to know about who He is and and what He can do, and we get to know Him intimately when we're in those those difficult moments of our life. And I'm not saying we should pray for them or ask for them. And I don't know why they always come, why things happen. And we live in a wicked world and this is just, there's bad things in this world. But I do know this, God is good and he's good all the time. There's no variableness or shadow of turning with him. He never changes his mind. He never, you know, he's not up and down. He's not schizophrenic. One day he's one person. The next day he's not two-faced. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the fickle one. He is not. Life is fickle. He is not. Amen. So where do I get my strength? My strength comes from the Lord. David, when he was going through a real difficult time, he wrote this psalm in Psalm 121. And I always think about, you know, George Bush just passed away. And of course, he was a, 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 a served under President Reagan. And Reagan, one time when he was doing a speech, he quoted this first verse out of this. I never have forgotten it. He said, I look to the hills where comes my strength. My strength comes from the Lord. I look to the hills. Why do I look to the hills? Because that's where I've met God before. Those are the high places of my life. Those are the high places of my life where I have met God. Those are the places where I have recognized that God's hand has moved. Those are the places in my life where I was reading the word and God spoke to me. Those are the high places of my life where prayer was answered. Those are the high places of my life. And I look to those hills. I look to those mountains in my life because that's where my strength comes from. Not remembering how bad it is, but how good he is and how he gives us his strength. How he gives us his strength. He also says in this passage that not only blessed is the man whose strength is in you, God, but he says, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. Whose heart is set. And if you write in your Bible, you can circle that word set because that's an important word. In fact, in Psalm 91, if you want to write this down, there's a powerful passage there in Psalm 91 that says this. Because, but he, as he's talking about the man who is calling upon the Lord, he says these words. Because, verse 14, he has set his love upon me 
therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. See, when you set your love on him, he will set you on high. Well, pastor, I am disappointed in God right now in my life. Well, there's a, there's a big crowd of people that feel that way. But you have to make the choice in your life of what you're going to put your mind on. You're going to have to set your mind on something. Now, you can set your mind on everything that's not been right, or you can set your mind on the, put your, set your love upon him, because that's where your deliverance is going to come from. That's where your freedom is going to come from. And God has promised as you and I set our love upon him, he will deliver us and he will set us on high because we have known his name. See, when you set your mind on him, he will set you on high because that's where he's at. Amen. He'll pull you out of the midst of that miry clay, that difficulty that you're dealing with. Maybe you're in that valley of Baca right now. You're in that place where there's weeping. I recognize that there are people here that have lost loved ones this last week. That have It's tough, man. People you care about, young and old, uh, it makes no difference. The struggle, the difficulty of dealing with that, the pain that's involved with it, the grieving that takes place in our life. Some have gone through divorce. Some are dealing with spouses that have been, look, let's be real. We're people. We have real problems. We have real difficulties that we face. Some of you are dealing with stuff like Sharon and I have with your kids recently. Some of you are dealing with things where, you know, some, one of them's come and said, I'm getting a divorce and you're heartbroken because that isn't the way you wrote the story, but you have to make the choice in the midst of all of this to set your mind on something else. You have to put your mind on something else. In the movie, and if you haven't seen it yet, it's really powerful, the movie Creed 2. It's a lot of punching in it. It's a boxing movie. But, but I won't give away the whole storyline, but there is a point in the movie, as there always is in a Rocky movie, where something has to happen in the, in the key character. And this, the Creed, who is, boxed, who is the boxer in this movie, is being trained by Rocky, and Rocky's pushing him. He's pushing him hard. He's pushing him physically. He's pushing him mentally. He's pushing him on every level because he knows that the challenge that is ahead of him, he isn't prepared for it. And he's got to get ready for it. And so what he does is he keeps pushing him, but he's got a bigger purpose in it than, than to, you know, than to just just to be mean to him and be a nasty coach. And so he pushes him and he pushes him. And at a point they're out in the desert and, and Creed is running behind the vehicle. And as he's going, he falls to the ground and you can see it. You and I've all been there at one point in our life where we lay there on the ground and we just don't think we have the ability to get up again. We don't feel the strength to do it. We just, we, we just rather just bury ourselves under a blanket and say, world, go away. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And Rocky's looking in the rearview mirror, and you know what he's saying? Get up. He doesn't yell it out the window. He's saying, get up. Get up. And he lays there on that ground, and he's got tears in his eyes, and he, he's in pain, and he's hurting, and he's ready to quit. But there's something. Listen. There's a spark that's inside of him. 
It, it isn't coming from somebody else. It's coming from within him. It's a character that it's inside of him. And he hears it and he, 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 you can see as he's laying there that he starts to move. And Rocky's watching and he's just saying, get up, get up, get up. And Creed gets up. And at that point, everything changes. At that point. Because what Creed had to do in the movie was he had to put his mind on something else other than the pain he was dealing with in that moment. He had to put his mind on the greater purpose. Is, is that I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to come out of this. I might be in the valley, but I'm going through the valley. The valley is not the place where you stay. The valley is the place you go through. You know the psalm. Come on. They, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Be very glad that it says there, because I know we preach that at a lot of funerals, but be glad that it says, I walk through the valley. Everybody say through the valley. Look, you're going to go through the valley of weeping. You're going to go through the plaintiffs of desperation. You're going to go in those moments where you're broken down. But there is, there is a Savior that knows within you is the ability to overcome whatever's going on in your life. And you know what he's saying to you? Get up. Get up. Get up. Come on, you got to do this. I can't, I can't get you up. You got to get yourself up off the ground. Come on, I'll help you but you got to get up. you got to push yourself because I'm getting you ready for something greater than you've ever dealt with in your life. But I got victory on my mind. I don't have defeat on my mind. I got your victory in my mind is that's what I'm thinking in the greater purpose and you're going to get through this. See, when I'm in the valley, I might be there. It may be dark. It may be difficult. You know, this where it says that, well, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Actually, in the Hebrew language, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of darkness, where it seems like I can't, this place of, it's dark. I don't know what's up ahead. You know, driving to church today, uh, I'm sure you felt this, the fog, right? Everybody felt it. I mean, I don't know if it was in Saginaw, but I mean, it was down on the farm this morning, okay? I mean, you can only see about 50 yards ahead of you. And so you're thinking, Man, I know this is a hard thing about in the darkness and in the fog. Everything seems like it takes longer than it does. You know why? Because you can't see any further. You can't see any further. You're looking out that I kept thinking, I know there's a church up there somewhere. Maybe we got to get a big fog light and sound out there on the sign. Ooh, ooh, you know, let, but man, you couldn't see nothing. I mean, I'm. I'm at the corner of Berry Road. I'm looking down the road, and I said, man, either that's the glory of God or there's a heavy fog over the building today, and I couldn't see a thing. See, whenever you're going through the fog, the darkness, the difficulty, it can seem like it's taken forever, but you always got to keep your mind set on moving forward. I'm going forward here. I have set my mind on the Lord. I have set my mind on something greater than who I am. So when I go through that, I have set my mind on Christ. I have set my mind on him. Hallelujah. Notice this in verse 6. And as they pass through, I love that, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with people. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. 
this part that says they make a spring. Baca, if you study it out, the Valley of Baca was a dry, difficult, I mean, it was, you know, scrub brush. There was nothing nice there. Water was very distant. I mean, you, you could, you'd have to travel a long way to get to water. But yet he says, in the Valley of Baca, you make it a spring. You make it a spring. And this is a really powerful lesson I learned about God. In the book of Kings, it tells about when there was drought. And in the midst of that drought, everybody's like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? We're all, we're all, everything's dying. The animals are dying. The crops are dying. We're all dying. This is, you can look this up later, but in second Kings chapter three. And so they call for the prophet and the prophet comes in and they say, look, we're in trouble. We need help. And the prophet says, all right, here's your answer. Get ready for the water, not for the rain. Get ready for the water. Now, look, the last thing you want to believe whenever it's been dry for a while and difficult is, is the water's coming. And so to make it even more difficult, this is what they t Elisha tells them to do. He says, everybody start digging ditches. Because, you know, if water comes and you don't have a ditch, you have no place to put it. And so he says, I want everybody to start digging ditches all through the valley. And if you'll dig the ditches, he says, I'm telling you, by this time tomorrow morning, every one of those ditches will be filled with water. Now, this is a physical impossibility for this to happen, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not a problem for God. So here they are. They go out. And the people that dug ditches, guess what happened? They got up in the morning and all of their ditches were full of water. Provision was made. Miracles happened. But remember this. It happened because people took a step of faith. And that will always be your challenge in the valley, is to take a step of faith. You want to build springs in your desert? You got to take a step of faith. I don't know what that is. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just that you get your mind on something else other than your problems. Maybe a step of faith for you is just that you think about helping people that are going through more difficulty than you're going through right now. Maybe a step of faith is just that you determine that you're going to start reading the Bible every day and looking for the promises of God to help you get through your trial or read a book that has to do with your problem or sit down with a friend to talk it out. Or maybe you're going to take a time, turn the idiot box off and just sit and worship God in your living room and just give God praise and thank him for his goodness and let his presence soak into the room. You know, the greatest experiences of praise and worship should not be happening in here. They really shouldn't be because your house is a house of God. It, it is. It's a house of God. I mean, God will tabernacle with you any place where you are in a FedEx truck or a UPS truck or in a, in a car driving to work. God will in a truck out on the farm. God will tabernacle with you wherever you are. And when you and I, when we make that decision, we say, God, I'm going to take I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a step of faith. We dig a ditch. We dig a ditch. Sometimes, and I, I'm not receiving a second offering, sometimes a ditch is giving to somebody. It really is. You know, Sharon and I, we, we in our lives, when we, we, we were believing God financially, 
We didn't just sit at home and go, Lord, we thank you for all the money. We thank you that you meet all our need. We thank you that you give, you know, you provide for us. You know what we do? We do that. And then we take whatever we can find, whatever we have, and we begin to sow it to other people. We start helping people that are going through difficulty. We're going, we help people, you know, we help a woman on the street corner who needs money. We help people who, I mean, we don't have, look, we need that money. Do you hear me? We need that. But we also know that the only way our ditch will ever get full is we got to have a ditch to fill. And your ditch is not your problem. Your drought is your problem. The ditch does, look, the ditch is not the problem. Your life is the problem. We want that to change, and that can only change when we dig a ditch. When we dig a ditch. So three things here that he tells us out of this passage to get that God is with us in the valley, that when we set, how do we keep it that perspective? One, we have to draw our strength from the Lord. My strength is in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I love what Nehemiah said. Now you, talk, you read the book of Nehemiah, you're like, how in the world did this guy ever make it? And he said it, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And, and you know what that means? He didn't say the joy of Nehemiah. He said the joy of the Lord. It's what we talked about earlier in that one song. I find strength in his story. I find strength in the story of the Lord. I find, I find perspective in the story of the Lord. When I, when I started weight training in college, one of the things that we we, we learned, and, I, and it so powerfully helped me. I didn't learn it from my coach. I learned it uh, from, a, from a, a guy named uh, Wes Neal. But he, he taught that, look, when you're going through difficulty, you remind yourself that Jesus endured everything and got through so that you can endure everything and get through. You can beat this problem. Look, if you're dealing with cancer, I'm telling you right now, and, and any doctor worth their salt will tell you this, the key thing that you've got to have in your life is a perspective that you're going to beat this. You say, well, yeah, but I know somebody. Don't, look, don't tell me that. Don't tell people that. I know somebody that died that was trying. Look, I, you're not them. We're not them. We don't know all their story, and that's none of our business. But here's what I know. God is good. God doesn't give cancer to people. And I, our perspective is fight, 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 fight. We're going to get through this. We're going to overcome this. The thing with your kids, you're going to fight through it. You know, I had somebody asked me, will you ever get discouraged with stuff? All, I said all the time. All the time. But I know where to run to. And I know it's not right for me to be discouraged because God didn't do all this work so you and I could sit on earth and suck our thumbs the rest of our life. You can quote me on that. Life is more than that. God gave us the ability to overcome anything the devil can throw at you. And he's yelling from the car, get up, get up. Come on, man, get up. You need. It's not that I know you can get up. You got to know you can get up. You got to know it. You got to know it. In your knower, I already know it. I already see it the possibilities. You got to know it because you're the one that's got to take that first step. But when we take that first step, God meets us and strength comes. Hallelujah. 
So we draw strength from the Lord. We set our minds, mind, excuse me, on the things of the Lord. And then that last thing, we start looking for things of faith to do. Dig ditches. Get ready. Get ready. Your miracle's coming. Get ready. Get ready. Well, Pastor, you don't know how big this problem is. Uh, it's a biggie. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you, it couldn't be any bigger than a whole nation that's starving to death, and in one night, they got food. It can't be about a whole, can be any worse than a whole nation that's dying in drought, and in one night, they got water. Can't be any different than manna falling in the wilderness when there's no way that it should fall, or water coming out of a rock when somebody just cracked it with a, with a staff, or the birds falling out of the air that they're so thick that for miles they go, and they're up to the people's waist. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it, I mean, is it any different for God to do that in your life? Here's what they didn't do. They didn't quit. They knew they were in the valley. It's important to know you're in the valley, but it's important to know what we do when we're in the valley. Amen? It's important to know what we're doing while we're in the valley. Knowing is all, makes all the difference. We set our mind upon Him, and then we get ready for the miracles coming. I'm going to do what I need to do, dig a ditch. I want you to stand with me, please. Please don't go, if you would. Just stick around for just a minute. And uh, I want to pray this morning. Look, I, I totally, uh, I've been broken a bunch of times. My wife and I have cried in our home. And uh, you don't need to know all the details. We have cried. We have yelled. We have screamed. We have stayed awake all night, cried all night. And then we've laughed all night and we've joyed. And so it's not all like that. But there are moments when you get into that place where you just feel like I can't take another step. Here's the thing. God's saying, get up. And this morning, I, I believe it could help some here today. The struggle that you're in right now, whatever that is, to just have somebody put a hand on you and pray for you. So I want to do that this morning. I'm going to ask if you'd bow your head right now. And look, if you're in the middle of a battle, whether it's financial or family, or you're in a valley, man, it's a valley of Baca. And I, I'm glad you're here because it's tough sometimes to go to church when you're in the valley of weeping. But you're here. And you're here for a divine purpose. God's been trying to talk to you all service. And I want you to know today that there's encouragement and strength in the name of the Lord. And so I'm going to ask you, if you would, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if you'd just take a step out of your section and come to the altar right now so I can pray with you this morning. Would you do that? Thank you. Come on. Do it right now. It's all right. There is strength. Hallelujah. You already know you need the Lord's help. I'm not having to tell you that. This thing is tough. Amen. Amen. Let me have our leaders come and start praying with these folks right now. Come on, do it right now if you would. Leaders, come on. Come on, Chuck, come on. Come up here and just start praying with these folks, Jeff and Olivia and others that are here. And find just folks that, look, just get with somebody and just begin to pray for them today. Pray for strength for them. Pray for, just minister to them today. There is strength in the name of the Lord. There is strength here today in Christ's name for you and I. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Jesus, Becky, come on, you can help up here. Kara, come on, you can help up here, please. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Just speak. If you got a word over them, give them that word. But just lay your hands on them, if you would, today, and just begin to pray over them. You know, just that encouragement of knowing that somebody's there, that somebody else cares. And I've been in this. You're going to get through this. We're going to overcome this. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Kenneth, come on. Pray up here with Mike. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on right in front of him, Ken. Go ahead. Come in front of him. There you go. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Mark, just feel free to jump in any place you want to jump in at. Thank you, Father God. Father, you see all these souls, these lives here today, the difficulties, the challenges, Lord God. Lord, I know there's strength. I know there's strength in, the, in your name. I know there's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God Almighty. God Almighty. Jesus. Jesus. That's all right. It's all right. Thank you, Father God. Lord God. Mm. Amen. Is there anyone else that wants to come? Come on. Do it right now. We're going to be done praying here in just a little bit. This is your opportunity right now. <clears throat> Let's step forward and these folks will pray for you, lay hands on you, believe with you. They might have something to say over you today to help you on your journey. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. That's all right. Good. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. It's okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.